Hello. Hello there. Hello. You remind me so much of, I believe her name is Katie Ryan, from formerly from Vine, because you have bats behind you. And it reminds me of the Vine where she's like, freaking bats. Freaking bats. Freaking bats. You look like her. You're channeling her. You're basically her for Halloween. I am her. I'm her. She's me. We're one. And this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And this is an Encounters episode, but uh, real quick, a little business up front before we get into our spooky tales, because this is basically the Halloween Encounters, and like, mm-hmm. you know we're all excited. But little business, another thing to be excited about, we just interviewed Conchetta Bertoldi, and it's going to be a surprise, no longer surprise, Halloween Hootenanny. It's coming out. Hootenanny. It's a Halloween Hootenanny. <laughs> We're going to have a Halloween episode, and it's going to come out. We, it, I mean, she's amazing. It's going to be so good. Oh, my gosh. We just had so much fun speaking with her. And if you're a Patreon donor, we're going to post the video recording of it on the Patreon. So if that sounds interesting to you, then you can go check out our Patreon Um we, you know, we're we're stepping up our game. We're going to put a lot of fun videos. Things are happening. Things are happening. You're going to be able to see our faces if you so please. If you don't want to, we take no offense. Yeah. Don't worry. And we're going to post the audio recording on um, Halloween, Saturday, October yes. 31st. Also, uh, we got a ton of mail. So thank you, everyone. I was overwhelmed. I was like, what happened? Did our address get leaked? So like, what's <laughs> going on? Um, but we decided we're going to do fun things uh, with the mail so that it's not just me opening it and telling it to Sabrina. So I shipped her half of what came in the P.O. box. I just got the box. Did you get it? I did. I'm so okay. tempted to go through it, but we're going to do an unboxing Don't do it yet. video. Don't do it I yet. Won't. I won't. Yes. But we're going to we're gonna uh, start being good about that and actually recording uh, videos of us going through it. Mm-hmm. Woo! But uh, we're here to tell spooky stories. And but we're also here to tell you Halloween costume ideas. Oh, I didn't prep for this. I'll, do you want me to send you some of mine? No, no, no. <laughs> you, you tell me yours and then I'll just come up with extras for next episode. Okay, perfect. All right, so I have a few. And I uh, am thinking of things that you might have around the house or things. Well, I think it's kind of both. I have a mixture of like, you can make these, you can go to the extreme or you can probably source things from around your house to get like the gist of it going or, you know, Amazon, a $15 costume. Yeah. So a couple's costume or one to do with your best friend or your dog or whoever, you can be Shia LaBeouf from Holes and kissing Kate Barlow. So (gasps) yes. A nice I love when it's like not not an actual like couple like it's it just pairs well like two people from the same movie. Um another one along the same lines is I'm just being really nostalgic and thinking mm-hmm. of uh my childhood and I I brought up Miss Frizzle I think last year but I love the idea of someone dressing up as Miss Frizzle and someone else yeah. dressing up as Inspector Gadget. Oh that's fun. Right? And it's just wow. like the little throwbacks, like just iconic. Now that Disney Plus is out with like, you know, all our old favorite movies, you, that's like such a good idea. I feel like we should dress up as um Smart House. <gasps> oh my God. That's such a good idea. <laughs> or like Cadet Kelly or just like our, just throwbacks. This is a year where you can do whatever you want. And I love that. And no, you know, most, most of us are not going to be going out in the public and people are being like, what are you? So just dress for whoever you're going to be around. Someone should dress up as Lizzie McGuire with someone else who's dressed up as the cartoon version of Lizzie McGuire. That's hilarious. It's like, have you seen, I've seen before like SpongeBob and Doodle Bob, but I've yes. never seen Lizzie, real Lizzie and cartoon Lizzie. Wow. What a good idea. That would be a great one. 
See, if we were together, we could do this. We've never done a couple's costume, Sabrina. We should do one. We should. And also, we've hardly ever done a Halloween apart, and that's very difficult for me. <laughs> I know. I'm struggling. I know. It's sad. Um, also, bulldogs have been on my mind because there's a lot of them uh, around Boston, and I feel like everyone's adopting dogs right now, which is wonderful. But super, super easy if you have a dog or especially if you have a bulldog because I feel like their faces already look like this. <laughs> you can put on a red sweatshirt. You can get yourself some blue jeans and then in a towel, wrap up your little dog and you can be E.T. Yes. And the kid from E.T. just taken off on your little bike, little basket, whatever works. I really thought you were going to pitch to our listeners to dress up as bulldog puppies. I was oh. interested how that would work. but No, that's almost too creative for me. <laughs> I would not be able to get that going. Another one that uh, I saw on Pinterest, which I thought was the most clever thing ever and so easy to do, you dress up as the chef from Ratatouille. So what you do is you get a paper chef hat, you get a little tea light to put inside of the hat, and then you yourself with paper just cut out a outline of ratatouille inside the hat. And so the light, it'll be backlit and it will look like the shadow of the rat inside of your chef's hat. Oh, that's so smart. Isn't it so good? My friends who have a two-year-old, their whole family is doing ratatouille costumes <gasps> and the child is being ratatouille. So you can also, no if you have a kid, have them dress up as a little rat. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's a uh, good one. And then... uh I'm not going to tell you the others because I wrote a bunch down and then I was like, what if I want to do these next year? <laughs> You're so secretive. Of course, Corinne is keeping her Halloween costume from all of us. I am, but I think everyone will like it. Well, we always do. I think it will be a hit. I did tell the person that I've been seeing because he's he saw my costume <gasps> and was supportive, but didn't find the joy in it that I, I did. <laughs> but I told him, I said, you know, it only gets worse. Every year it gets worse. So it's only going to get worse from here. It gets better. What are you talking about, Corinne? It gets, oh, it gets better for me and my love of Halloween, but it gets worse for those that aren't excited by the extreme lengths of costume. All that matters is that you're excited by it. So. Okay. Well, thanks. Can't wait. Woo! <sighs> Halloween, baby, it's coming up. The Halloween Hootenanny. Hootenanny Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll just jump into stories because I'm really Sweet. excited about this. So let's do it. When I was staying at the Stanley Hotel, my good friend Kristen, who was at the front desk, and if you listened to the episode that came out the week before this one, she kind of shared a bunch of stories, but she also started a ghost story book at the front desk. And it's the first of its kind that has ever existed at the Stanley. And of course, I went through and took photos, and I am going to read. The stories from people who I do not know who had experiences at the Stanley. Oh my God, I'm freaking out. This is so freaking good. Okay, I'm going to read a few because there's a bunch. The very first entry is from Jake the Snake, and it's called House Creeper Supervisor. Lucy, the young girl, tucks you in at bed at night and flickers the lights on the fourth floor. She will play with the chairs if you watch very carefully. So that's just a short one. Okay. What, what was her name again? Lucy? Lucy is the ghost of the girl who passed away in the music hall and, and was a squatter and died. Oh, right, right, right. This one is uh, anonymous, but it says, I was sound asleep and I was woken up around midnight because I could feel someone tucking me in. I assumed it was my partner and I opened my eyes to ask her to stop, but she was sound asleep. I swear I could feel the blankets being tucked around my legs, though, and it really felt like someone was sitting on the bed next to me. It freaked me out. And that's room 407. Oh, my goodness. 
I love how they rooms associated. So now people are mm-hmm. going to know. This is from Levick and Ed, I think. Today at roughly 845, we successfully contacted Miss Elizabeth Wilson with a spirit box. We could just make out what she said. She gave one word comments, but we were not sure what she said. However, we clearly heard a voice on the spirit box. Then at 11.30 p.m., we entered Lucy's room in the basement without a spirit box, and we spoke with Lucy, and we played Stevie Nicks as she enjoys that music, and as soon as we turned the the spirit box on, she said something we could not make out. Also, as soon as the music came on, she said something else that we couldn't understand. Also, Paul seemed to speak through the box, and we heard him say, what is it? We knew that he was an electrician, so possibly he was interested in the electrical box. Oh, or Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah. Jordan and Kelly were staying in room 428, and Kelly was doing her makeup, and the lights flickered on and off three times. On the third time, my beauty blender was pushed to the floor, and I screamed and ran out of the bathroom. Spooky. Okay, this one is so scary. It's just two sentences, and it says, something was breathing on the shower door in room (gasps) 408. No! Wait, that was 408? Wasn't on the... I swear one was just 407 that you read. Yep. Maybe it's the same spirit. Oh, hell no. Oh, another room 407. We heard a little girl giggling at 6 a.m. Two of us felt something grab their foot. I was pushed down the stairs and my foot messed one step and it felt like someone pushed me hard enough for me to fall the rest of the way down. Oh my goodness. Oh my God, another room 407. Okay, don't stay in room four. I mean, or do. This is the last one I'll read. 407. We heard the zipper on our bag being played with at night from 12.30 a.m. to 12.50 a.m. We heard lots of footsteps running around at night, and we watched the lampshade in our room swing on its own. There were lots of knocks in the closet, and at 1 a.m., two of us looked out the peephole, and both of us saw a shadow person run by the door. The same two of us also had an identical dream of a little boy at the end of our bed. But we had a great time. Will, Darby, Brian, Megan, and Matthew. (laughs) It's like, hey, my nightmares came true, but I really liked being here. Uh huh. So those are just a few of the experiences from the oh, Stanley. Nice. Maybe I'll read another couple another time. But does this make you want to go back so badly? Because there were only like five pages of stories, and I hope by now there's probably way more. And maybe one day you'll get to add your own story <gasps> to the book. I'm gonna text Kristen every day, and be like, hey, can you send me the new pages from today? Seriously, a live, it's like a Twitter feed. You yeah. just get live stories as they come in. Live ghost feed. I love it. That's what a dream. I what know. a dream. But room 407. Room 407 room. and 408. So yeah. really 407, but 408, I'm assuming, is either across the hall or right next door. And the breathing on the shower door, That's that is creepy scary. as hell. But it, so they said when at the Stanley, they said that a lot of little kids. Or the fourth floor is where the kids would stay. So, like, all these wealthy people would come stay at the Stanley mm. Hotel, and they'd leave their kids on the fourth floor with, like, the nanny. And there was, like, a doctor that was hired who would live on who lived on the fourth floor as well. So, there was just, like, a lot of kids running around on the fourth floor. So, I feel like it's very possible a lot of those ghosts are, are kids. Right. Ooh. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, lots of giggling and... The dream of the boy standing at the end of the bed. Little foot touches, little tickles Ooh. on the bottom of your feet. Creepy. Okay, well, I have a listener story. Okay, this is from Ashley. It's called A Glitch in the Matrix and Some Spooky Stories. Hey, Corinne and Sabrina. I would like to say first that I love, love, love your podcast. I've been listening for about two years, and I'm finally getting around to emailing you both some things that my friends and I have experienced. We have had a lot happen to us, so I will try to pick out some of the best ones and save some for a future email. 
I actually have a funny story about how I came across your podcast. When I was in college, my best friend and I would often pull all-nighters at our school's library. I just want to say that I clearly remember this. We were both on our laptops and she told me she was obsessed with your podcast. She asked if I had ever heard of it and I answered no. So we decided to take a study break and listen to your first episode. I was hooked. Wow. Thank you a lot because the first episode is one Not great. that lives in our book of shame. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A few months later, she and I were driving in my car and I started playing an episode of your podcast. She asked me what I was listening to and I told her and she said that she'd never heard of it. And I was like, um, what? She said that she'd never listened to this and does not remember our conversation at all. I have no clue what happened. Maybe it was a dream. But either way, I'm glad I found you guys. Oh my gosh. Weird. If she dreamt our podcast, like that that would be crazy. I think it's a glitch. Whoa. All right. So this uh, story is titled A Glitch in the Matrix. I don't know. To this day, I have no idea what happened on Halloween night of 2014. I was 16 and leaving a Halloween party with a couple friends. We decided to walk a couple blocks to one of our houses. We really wanted some pizza rolls, lol. <laughs> when something really odd happened. Off in the distance, probably five miles away, we all saw a blinding white light that took up the entire half of the night sky. And this was followed by an extremely loud boom. Car alarms were going off and everything. Easy to say, we were freaking the fuck out. (laughs) And as we continued our walk, we were asking our parents or other trick-or-treaters if they had seen the light or heard the boom. And no one saw or heard anything. We texted our families to see if they were experiencing anything and nothing. Nothing was posted on social media about it. Nothing on the news. Nothing at all. (gasps) Aliens. Aliens. I have been working on and off as an EMT for three years now. It was my last call of the evening, and I was transporting a patient home from the hospital. I remember that we had to wait a little bit for the nurse to come in and take out the patient's IV. God bless the nurses and all of their hard work. My partner had stepped out to go use the restroom, and I stayed in the room with the patient to do some paperwork. It was only us two in the room, and his room was very quiet, and you could only hear distant, muffled voices coming from the nurse's station. Right next to my ear, I hear a man say the cheeriest, Oh, hello there! It sounded like (laughs) a young man's voice with a California accent. My patient was an older man with a raspy voice who only spoke Spanish. So I told my partner when he came back, and he was freaked out a little bit, Eloa. I didn't feel scared at all from the experience, and whoever it was, he seemed very nice. Oh. All right, so now my grandpa's house is haunted as fuck, and this is a long story, so please bear with me. I've heard this story so many times from both of my parents and my grandma. There's a lot of details that I will do my best to condense, but back in the 80s, my mom, a teenager at the time, randomly started experiencing some paranormal stuff in the house that she'd been living in for several years. The first thing my mom started to experience was the stomping upstairs. Not footsteps, stomping. Mm -hmm. There would be weekends where my mom would be home alone. My uncle used to travel a lot to race dirt bikes. And the stomping would get so loud and it would last for hours. She was terrified to go upstairs and she would often just sleep on the couch when home alone. With time, the activity started to get worse. My mom and my grandma would see tall, dark shadows walking in the hallways every once in a while. There were a few times in the middle of the night where my mom would hear things shuffling around the kitchen as if someone was making food. At first, she didn't think too much of it because my uncle would often make food in the middle of the night. But one night, she heard the noise in the kitchen and decided to go downstairs and get a snack while he was down there. Her heart fell into her stomach when she saw that the lights in the kitchen were off and no one was downstairs. Unfortunately, these experiences became the new norm. Not too long after this all started, my mom met my dad. 
When they first started dating, my mom explained to my dad that her house was haunted. (laughs) Of course, he thought she was crazy at first. But one day, the stomping upstairs was just too much, and my mom was home alone. So she called my dad over to keep her company and probably to convince him that she wasn't crazy. He walked through the front door and immediately heard the fast, heavy footsteps upstairs. Uh, Oh my gosh. He blamed it on the dogs until he realized that both of the dogs were at his feet. My mom said all of the color in his face (laughs) disappeared. Of course, things escalated. My great uncle was visiting from Finland at the time, and he knew nothing about the activity in the house, but that soon changed. He walked into the garage to grab a beer while he was at the house alone. He came back inside and started to watch TV, and then he heard a huge bang coming from the garage. He walked back towards the garage and saw that every door in the hallway was wide open. Oh my god! He went to open the garage door, but was met with resistance when trying to push it open. Maybe something fell in front of the door. So he went through the side entrance to the garage only to see that the boxes were neatly stacked in front of the door that he was trying to open. He refused to come visit again. (laughs) So the last straw. My mom wasn't the only one experiencing things in this house. While my grandpa to this day firmly believes that nothing happened in this house, my uncle and my grandma were also terrified. My grandpa and my uncle were out of town again, leaving my mom and grandma in the house. And my grandma begged my mom to sleep in the same bed because she was so terrified. My grandma happened to wake up in the middle of the night and saw what she thought was my mom standing at the side of the bed. My grandma told my mom to go back to bed and padded the other side of the mattress only to realize my mom was sound asleep next to her. Oh. When she turned to face the lady again, she was gone. So why did this all start randomly out of nowhere? Well, my mom happened to be watching a ghost TV show where they were explaining that objects can be haunted. Oh my God. She knew exactly what it was. <gasps> oh my God. My grandpa owned and rented out an apartment complex at, at the time. And one of the tenants had a beautiful antique bed outside by the dumpsters. My grandpa swooped it up, put it in my mom's room. My mom was sleeping on a haunted bed for years. Oh my gosh. That night she put the bed outside by the curb with a sign free. And maybe this is part coincidence, but the next morning, my uncle scraped his car against my mom's car while pulling out of the driveway, and we always thought that that was odd. Anyway, later that day, someone picked up the bed, and it actively stopped for the most part. My grandpa still lives in this house and continues to insist that it's never been haunted. (laughs) (laughs) My mom and my cousins still feel a presence when we visit. My mom says that the house still feels heavy, but not as much as it used to. Like I said, the activity is mostly gone. A family friend at our annual Christmas party saw an old man and a dog in the backyard, but did not recognize them at all. She described what she saw, and we believe that it was my great-grandfather who had recently passed and my mom's childhood dog. Wow. Sorry. This is such a long email, (laughs) but I'm going to send you guys more of my experiences. Stay spooky and see you on the other side. Ashley. Wow. I love that they were able to figure out what it was that was haunting the house, but it's very possible that that spirit just really liked it and now can come back and, you know, isn't necessarily attached to the bed anymore. Right. Like from time to time comes Mm -hmm. or even just like a residual haunting from how much negativity, like how strong the presence was. Right. Or even, I don't know, maybe... Maybe once there's one spirit, it kind of invites more and maybe some that were like more benign, but not necessarily light. Right. Decided to stay because they weren't, they weren't about the bed. They were just there for a good time and the good time was still happening. But it's so funny because the, her grandpa's old tenant or one of the tenants who was living there purposefully put 
that bed by the dumpster. Probably because- A beautiful antique bed frame. You don't just put it on the side of the road or at the dumpster. But now it's like, okay, someone else picked it up. So who has it now? And what are they experiencing? I don't know. What do you think you would do if you had like a very clearly haunted artifact that you were like terrified of and needed to get rid of? Because I'm so torn between thinking, part of me is like, oh, well, I would- I would contact someone to come take it, like mm-hmm. a haunted museum or something. But then the other part of me is like, I would be so scared <laughs> that I'd probably just get rid of it and be like, I'm done. Like, I need to just be done with this immediately. I can't wait another second. I know. I think I would want I, – I think I would contact someone who who dealt in that. I mean, nowadays, especially with the internet, like there are people online and who have Etsy shops that are, like they mm-hmm. specifically deal with haunted objects and they know what to do with them. So I feel like – Especially because, yes, that spirit definitely like acted out and it was a little bit scary, but mm-hmm. it's a spirit and maybe they felt a certain way about that piece of furniture or I don't know. I just, I don't True. know that destroying it. Yeah. We don't understand their attachments or their purpose. Also, and if you destroy it, like, will that make them mad? You know? Yeah. That's, yeah, I know. That's what scares me about everything. So far, the croc that I have from mm-hmm. 1880 from France seems awfully quiet, which. I that's positive. Okay. Woohoo. What do I start with? Okay. This <laughs> is from Freydeek. I think that's how you say it. Okay. This story is called A Necromancer's Origin Story. Hey, ghouls. I love your show and have been listening somewhat religiously for the last year. I decided to write you since I have lots of experiences for reasons that will become apparent later. This is one of my friend's experiences, and my name I will keep anonymous for now, but my witch name and author name is Credic. When I was younger, I was very extroverted and loved to talk to adults who shared my interests. Names have been changed, but when I was younger, I had made friends with one of the local metaphysics shop owners named Mark. Mark had lots of very spooky stories. He told me he was a witch, and he even looked the part, always wearing a large-brimmed black hat and a long black jacket over his very thin frame. He was very smiley, and I thought of him to be wise beyond his ears. And though he seemed old to my 12- to 16-year-old self, I am sure he was no more than 50. Whenever I or anyone came into the shop, he would immediately strike up a conversation and ask what they were looking for. When I came in, he asked what I was looking around for, and I said I was trying to find some incense. He pointed to where it was, and when I got the box I wanted and went up to pay, he asked if I wanted to hear a ghost story. Of course, my spooky, loving, horror fanatic self said yes, and he told me a story about his childhood. He said that when he was young, one of his friends, let's call her Sarah, would tell him about the ghost that she saw. Sarah saw ghosts everywhere. She even had some come talk to her. And Mark believed her. And like the 9 or 10-year-old that he was, Mark was very jealous. Back then, there wasn't an easy way to go Google how to see ghosts. So Mark had to do research the hard way. He went into town to the spookiest store he could think of, which was an antique store, and was hoping to find something to help him get a glimpse into this other world to which Sarah had so much access. After multiple visits to the store, he said he finally got his hands on a Ouija board. He showed it to Sarah in secret, and she said that he should not use it. But of course, he didn't listen. He took it up to his attic, where everyone was asleep, and put his hands on the planchette. Mark asked question after question. Who is going to win the big game? What is my favorite color? When will I see a ghost? But none of his questions were being answered. In frustration, he gritted his teeth and asked with all the anger a 10-year-old can muster, Why won't you talk to me? And then he got a response. The board spelt out A S. K-M-Y-N-A-M-E. Ask my name. He was so excited that without thinking, he asked, what is your name? And the board spelt out H-E-L-E-N. 
Helen. He asked, how did you die? The board spelt out N-O-B-R-E-A-T-H. No breath. As soon as he did it, he felt like he could not breathe, like he was having a panic attack. He grasped (sighs) at his neck, not knowing what to do. He was scared, but he was scared even more of what his very Catholic parents would do if they caught him with a Ouija board in the attic and out of bed at 12.30 a.m. So he reached around looking for anything he could grab. In his flailing, he knocked something over and it shattered. The noise terrified him even more. He reached to see what he had broken and his fingers found a pile of dust. As he groped around the pile, he found the small, sharp object, which in an act of final desperation, he took and drove into the Ouija board. Suddenly, he could breathe again. He quickly collected the board, candles, and the broken object, which seemed to be a jar, as quickly and quietly as possible, and he closed the attic door, went down the stairs, and locked himself into the bathroom across from his room. After collecting himself and taking a few deep breaths, he further investigated the situation and the objects in his arms, and he saw, in the mirror, around his neck, was a red handprint, as well as a black nail in the middle of the spirit board. Ew. The planchette was nowhere to be found. What? And he also noticed that his hands were covered in a black ash from whatever he had broken. He realized it was an urn, whose he did not know. What he did know was that he had to dispose of all this evidence. He washed himself and put the board and the urn into the waste bin before taking the whole thing to his room and hiding it under his bed. The next morning, he said that he felt too sick to go to school, and his parents commented on how red his throat was, allowing him to stay home. As soon as his mom left for the store, he cleaned up all his messes and repotted the ashes in a mason jar and buried them in the yard. After a few more years of going to the store, I was able to weasel out lots of tips on communicating with the dead from Mark, and I am working as a witch as my side hustle. To this day, I have had many encounters since it's kind of my job, so expect more encounters out of me. I really only work with spirits now, but COVID has made it impossible to go to people who are searching for answers about their hauntings. Because I have this Etsy page to sell my personal ghoulish spells and advice to those who want them. Shameless plug aside, I truly love your show. And if you ever pass through Seattle or want ghost advice, feel free to shoot me an email. See you both on the other side or maybe sooner. Yours fondly, Kratik. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm so, I don't know why I'm so freaked out by the black nail because now, now in my mind, I'm thinking like a beautiful, like <laughs> my dream manicure, like the one that I have for half the year. I'm just like, Long look at my shiny nails. black, like nail polish. But when, and I'm sure it's not that, but <laughs> but when it was first said, I was picturing like truly like the enamel, like the, the full, oh. just like a hard, all the way through, like a demon, like a claw. Like a decaying yes. demon nail. Like my, my dog wrinkles. He had black little nails. Like I, oh. I picture almost like that. that. <laughs> I mean, regardless, just a fingernail being like left behind is truly terrifying because it's something wrapping its hand around his neck. Like the fact that he saw like a mm-hmm. handprint and then then saw the nail. It's like, oh, there was someone wrapping their hand around my neck. I know it's a twisted game. It's like, ask my name, ask how I died yeah. and then like doing it to the person. And also you're supposed to not, you're never supposed to ask, right. how did you die? Right. But also probably never play with Ouija board is the best first advice we could give. Oh my goodness, I know. I am glad that whatever had a hold of him let go when he stabbed the sharp object into the board because I have never heard of that before. So I was like, what would happen? Like, what's going to happen if you give damage to it? It it could have done the opposite where it's like, well, now you can't say goodbye. It's broken. You know, like it was forever open. It reminds me of a Horcrux in Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you stab 
I mean, it was a very specific thing that he had to stab into it, but how it kind of destroyed the power of whatever it was. Right. Because something's coming through the board, right? So they're communicating through that. So if you destroy it, it does feel like you're, I mean, scary regardless, but wow. Smart thinking. Yeah, for sure. What a cool person to learn from though. I know. I know. That's awesome. Now I need to look up this Etsy page. I need to look up all of the writings. I need to know more about what Critic does. Um, Okay. I have an email from our listener, Virginia, and it's called Two Quick Creepy Kid Stories. (laughs) Yes. Hey there, ladies. All right. So the first story happened when my darling son was about four or so. I was exhausted and my husband and I had settled into bed. We have a sleigh bed, so it's off the floor and we have a box spring under our mattress. So it's up decently high. I was sleeping facing the edge of the bed, but rest assured, all but my face was tucked tightly under the covers because, well, I don't want demons touching me and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So I I was sound asleep, living my best life, when I wake up to this tiny voice whispering, Poltergeist. (gasps) Oh, I open my eyes and my son's face is directly in front of my face. And my God, that was creepy. (laughs) I wish I would have paid attention to the time after this happened because I was still trying to come down from the creep factor. But this makes me think of that meme. I'll attach it. And then she she put um, a meme from Baby Rabies (laughs) who said, Thanks to all the horror movies that depict little kids as possessed goblins, I now have to fight back the urge to roundhouse kick my kid in the face when she walks down the hall in the middle of the night. What do you mean you need water, tiny Satan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. My next story just happened yesterday. My son is now seven. He came over to me while I was working this weekend and tells me that he keeps seeing someone in our room. I asked him to draw her. He ran over to the table and he drew a super quick rendition of her. This is, and she attached a picture. Mrs. Nobody. She apparently (gasps) watches my husband and I sleep. Sometimes my son sees her reaching out to touch us. Nothing else has come of this yet, but I will sure keep you posted on this situation and our new roommate unless she kills us. Eek. Oh my gosh. And the picture is uh, like a long dress, like Edwardian length dress. The hair covering her face. Yeah. I'm like, is that hair? Is it just a completely blacked out face? <gasps> it reminds me of Bly Manor. Yeah. Oh, oh. Perfectly splendid. I'm perfectly splendid. Perfectly splendid. Yeah. This spirit is named Mrs. Nobody. So maybe she doesn't have a face. Oh, it really does. Now I'm picturing, I'm picturing the lady of the lake from Bly Manor. And it's really creeping uh-huh. me out. Oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, that kid whispering, guys in her face while she's sleeping is horrifying it's like did you learn that in school like did you see a scary movie what's happening or are you truly just know are you sleepwalking and something just took over you for a second or is this kid like our dream child like dream kid who's just like having fun with his parents and messing with them because that's hilarious i swear to god if my child does that i will (laughs) i will lose it i will lock myself into my bedroom Knowing us, we are for sure going to get children who do that to us. Oh my God, I know. I basically did that to my mom. Not not yeah. intentionally, but my sleepwalking, she would just wake up and I'd be standing right there and I'd be like, come get the fuzzies out of my bed. And she'd be like, oh my God, this is so scary. Oh my gosh. Kids are so creepy. So who creepy. is Mrs. Nobody? I don't know, but I don't want to know. <gasps> and then also Haunting the Bly, of Bly Manor. We never talked about that before. I didn't realize you, you watched it all. Did you watch it all? I'm not. I haven't seen all of it. 
I'm, we just finished episode seven. There's only, I think, nine episodes. And I will say that for anyone who hasn't seen it or is scared to see it, if you've watched Haunting at the Hill House, this is much less terrifying. It's much more of like a gothic, uh, like romance almost tale yeah. rather than a really creepy poltergeist haunting. Yeah, there are scary moments, but it's Definitely. not as scary Definitely. as Hill House. But Nick and I are so into it and we're like super intrigued. We finished episode seven at like 1130 last night and we were like, we want to watch more, but we should probably go to bed. Oh yeah. I, I crushed it. It's, it's good. Oh, so good. Okay. What's next? Going off of what you, you you just shared. <laughs> this is called when your kids freak you out, but it's okay because you love them. And this is from Kelly. Hello, ghostesses. I have recently discovered your podcast over the lockdown and your stories and voices have been my constant companion while I garden my way through these crazy times. My own grandmother was a psychic medium, so for me, growing up, ghost stories were just part of everyday life. I live in the north of Scotland, which is steeped in mystery and folklore. When we moved to our first current home, we lived in a mobile home whilst our house was being built. We were at the bottom of a hill opposite of a small stream called a burn in Scotland, and it has always had a magical, otherworldly feel with large ferns and old, old trees. One day, my then five-year-old was staring out the window, and he turned to me and asked, Mom? why are there wet olden days people coming out of the woods? And I went to look what? out the window and saw nothing. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm so scared right now. <laughs> it was a dry, sunny day, which is very rare in Scotland. So I asked him what he meant. And he told me that he had seen people dressed in olden days clothes who were soaked as if they had been in the stream. It was about a month later that I found out that the woods behind us was called Gallows Hill. And yes, you guessed it. It was the local place to hang witches. Oh my God. There is even an ancient beech tree covered with engravings, including one of a witch, right at the very top of the woods. Needless to say, I was more than a little freaked out about the incident. But that was not the first time my children have spooked me. My eldest daughter was only a couple of years old when we had our first ghostly experience. I should say right now that my husband is not a believer, but he doesn't like to talk about this incident at all. It was late, about 11 p.m., and we had just gone to bed. Our daughter was in her room close by, fast asleep. And we had an intercom set up so we could hear if she woke up. On this particular night, we heard two whispering voices on the intercom. I turned to my husband and he could hear it too. He reached for something to use as a weapon. I think it was something totally useless, like a can of deodorant. And he went to investigate. We live in a remote farm out in the countryside, so there shouldn't have been anybody about. He came back to our bedroom and said their daughter was still fast asleep and no one was there. He said it probably was interference just picked up by a police radio or something. But moments later, we heard the whispering again. And this time, we could make out some of the words. Shh, you'll wake her. My husband leapt out of bed, ran into our daughter's room, and scooped her up. As we settled back into the bed, which was now a bit of a squeeze, the voices started back up again. Quick as a flash, my husband reached over and turned the intercom off. Not long before this incident, my husband's cousin had sadly passed away. My husband's Nana had also passed away a couple years previously, meaning she never got to meet her great-granddaughter, our daughter. It is my belief that they both came by to pay a visit to our daughter that night. I hope you like my spooky stories. When I'm feeling braver, I will tell you some of the more scarier ones, but for now, I feel that these two will take up enough of your time. Thanks again for providing such great company and content. See you on the other side, Kelly. I can knock at the image of olden time wet people. I know. Just coming from the tree line. It reminds me so much of American Horror Story Roanoke. 
<gasps> yes. Oh Doesn't my God. it? That's what I'm envisioning. You're so right. When they're holding like the lamp, like the. Yes. And they just slowly walk and they're coming to kill you. <gasps> oh, it's so creepy. It's such a creepy image. But then if we think about it, if it's the, the gallows river or whatever it's called, then, then it becomes really sad because these, these spirits are trying to wander away from where they met their demise. And what we know of witch trials is that it was oftentimes very innocent people that hadn't done any crimes in their life that were just pointed at and someone said, that person. There's also something about it that reminds me almost of a witch hunt. Like if the way that the people were all coming out of the woods kind of towards their house, like are these people forced to like relive those moments because it's like, a moment of regret, yeah. you know, they realize they did something wrong, but they're kind of reliving it, whether it's residual or yeah, I don't know. Or do you think, do you think that there's just no concept of time amongst these uh-huh. spirits and they're all oh. leaving every night and coming out to hunt their hunters, trying to find the people that killed them all together, but they're because they don't understand the passage of time and that, you know, those people are 300 years dead who killed them. They're still looking wow i prefer that the people who are who did the terrible thing are stuck doing that rather than the people who the terrible thing was done to are stuck like trying to chase those people you know because i want them to have peace true although i don't know based on my personality i feel like i'd i'd go i'd try to find yeah that's true you would I'd go on a little vengeance hunt with you before crossing over. <laughs> I'd Sounds visit fun. you in the dream and I'd be like, all right, here's what I need you to do. I need you to find <laughs> some actual physical evidence. I can, I'm can. i limited where I am. <laughs> you got to help me too. We're going to double team this one. I was. I love that you are imagining it that I'm still alive. I was saying that when we're both dead, you and I together oh. tag team it and I'll help oh. you get some vengeance. I wasn't killing you off just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for saving me. Keeping me alive. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so this one this one's a little long, so buckle up. This is from Mo. It is called It's Not the Houses That Are Haunted. Hey girls, huge fan. I just started listening to y'all on February 1st and I'm almost caught up. And that was in 2019, so hopefully she still listens. <laughs> I've always been into the paranormal because of things that have happened to me. Sorry about the novel, but I figured I'd go ahead and tell you most of my experiences. Yes. These are my ghost adventures. It's not Yeek. the houses that are haunted. Or is it? Honestly, they probably are. But it also feels as if I, myself, am haunted. Probably. Let me start from the beginning. The first three years of my life, me and my mom were always moving. She used to tell me it was because of money problems, but about three years ago, she started saying that something was following us. I asked her about it, and she told me everything. She said that when she first held me after giving birth, the lights in her room alone started flickering. In our first three apartments, she would always hear knocking on the walls. And I mean, it is an apartment. It could have been the neighbors. But she also said that there were nights when I would wake up and I would just cry. And she'd listen to the baby monitor for a little bit, only to hear what sounded like someone else humming. But when she got to the room to check on me, I was sound asleep. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I have chills. Oh, (laughs) This is just the beginning. I'm four sentences in. My mom told me something that still freaks her out to this day. It happened when I was three. Me and my mom were eating dinner, and I look at the fridge. I pointed, and I asked, can the boy have a popsicle? She said that she moved out the next day. She had never heard me talk so clearly and stare as if someone else was there. 
When I was four, my mom got married to this huge douche nugget that I don't <laughs> like at all. Strange things always happened around the house. Mr. Douche Nugget. I love it. I'll keep this as his name for actual legal reasons. Was never a nice person. He was always yelling. He was drinking. He was doing drugs. This led him to be very angry and abusive. There was never good energy around him. And my mom told me that one day, while he was working on his motorcycle out in the garage, she was inside taking a nap. She started having this dream that these little black demon slash goblin things were trying to drag her to hell. She was oh. screaming and crying for her douche nugget to come in and help in the dream and also in real life. But in real life, he couldn't open the door. When he finally was able to open the door, my mom's head had been lodged between her headboard and the <gasps> wall. Oh my God. Scratches were all over her body as if there was actually something holding her down. Whoa. And there were burn marks all over the carpet under their headrest. Oh. I think one of the most terrifying events that happened to me was when I was around five years old. Mr. Douche Nugget was thankfully out of town, but for some reason our air filter was going out or something like that in the middle of the night. And my mother insisted that we have to go to Walmart. Well, she had called him to say, hey, I'm going to go to Walmart with Mo in case you're not back. And while she was in the kitchen, I was standing across the hall from the air conditioner closet. She had told me not to touch the filter. And so I put my hands behind my back and I just watched and I looked at the filter and I waited for her. I remember hearing him yell at my mom across the house over the phone. And then this huge gust of wind blew past me and knocked over the air filter. My mom quickly hung up the phone and came to me and said, I told you not to touch that. And I swore up and down. It wasn't me. It was the shadow. And I pointed to the end of the hallway and said, look, there he is. And I could oh. clearly see and make out the shadow holding on to the doorframe of my mom and stepdad's bedroom. When she finally looked, he had disappeared, but he had opened their bedroom door. So their door was now just slowly going open. And I thought oh I was going to fucking lose it. Yeah. About a month later, we had this huge storm and I was terrified. Mainly because my mom and Mr. Douche Nugget had left me alone home when I was like, you know, five not the smartest thing to do. Anyway, I was in my room and I was on my bed under the covers watching Hercules because that was and will forever be my favorite Disney movie. <laughs> I had all the lights on, my bedroom door was shut, and so was my closet door. I was finally starting to doze off when this huge strike of lightning hit. The thunder was so loud it shook my house. Both my bedroom door and my closet door swung open and my lights turned off. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's all because of the storm. But I'd gone out into my hallway and the lights were working. My room was the only room in the whole house where the lights were off. My TV was still working in my room, but my lights were off and my door was open. I finally got the courage to go back in. I closed my bedroom door. I closed my closet door. I crawl underneath my blanket with my favorite stuffed animal that I still have to this day. And I don't care how old I get. <laughs> I was dozing off again when I heard my door open. I thought it was my mom getting back from wherever the hell they were. So I didn't think much of it until a black claw pulled my blanket up towards no. my face oh, as my if it was gosh. tucking me in. We lived in that house for four years. Sometime between second and third grade, my mom and Mr. Douche Nugget got a divorce. When I was in the third grade, I went to a school that was kind of really stuck up. And if you didn't go there the year before, you were an outsider and nobody liked you. I was literally the only new kid in that entire school that year, and I hated everything. I swore my teacher was purposefully failing me because I was the only one in the entire class that failed, even though I was reading at a sixth grade level. So it stressed me out. Plus getting bullied and picked on, it was just all so much, especially after the school I'd gone to before, which I loved. I remember I was doing my homework one night while my mom was working late. So once again, I was home alone. 
There was knocking on the door and I wasn't going to answer it because, you know, stranger danger or whatever. (laughs) But then I heard the knocking come from the table that I was doing my homework on. And it wasn't me. And my dog was laying over on the couch, so it couldn't have been him. I brushed it off and I got back to work. Anytime I started a problem that I was having problems on, I would hear knocking. I wanted to say, I wanted to say it was a few weeks before school was out. I started feeling really low. I was in bed. I was listening to music, trying to go to sleep. I was facing my wall when I felt the bed tilt, like someone else was sitting on it. I thought maybe it was my dog. I was trying to roll over when I heard this boy say, I'll take care of it. And then the weight of the edge of the bed was gone. During fourth and fifth grade, we moved again, this time to an apartment. And I moved schools again. Thankfully, it wasn't as bad. Well, the school part wasn't. There wasn't any real experiences, I guess, except for this reoccurring dream that I had where I was walking along in this black and white world like a monochrome Alice in Wonderland. When I come upon these little girls, which, you know, are twins, because (laughs) what isn't creepy about twins? They were in color. They had in yellow sundresses with brunette hair and bright green eyes, or at least I thought. They asked me, what are you doing here? This isn't where you should be. You should be dead. That's where you really belong. And it was like after each time they blinked, their eyes would get darker and darker until they were pitch black. And then as if their gaze had slit my throat, killing me. I had this dream for two years. Whenever I'd wake up from the dream, it was always 3.33 in the morning. And usually I would feel as if somebody or something was sitting on the edge of the bed waiting to comfort me. Oh my gosh, I hate that. So creepy. Oh my God, disturbed. In the sixth grade, my mom got married again. It only lasted four months. Now, let's call him Prick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Now, he had a daughter, which made her my stepsister. We never got along, but we're now BFFs. Hmm. We shared a room, so everything was a battle. Me and her would actually physically fight. One night, we got into a huge fight, and she had blacked my eye. I was laying in bed while she took a shower, and I heard a guy's voice say, she'll regret that. And then not even five minutes later, she fell in the shower and fractured her wrist. Oh my gosh. One night when Prick was drunk and angry, can you tell my mom's type? Uh, (laughs) He started yelling at me for not doing the dishes, even though it was his daughter's night to do them. He kept yelling and yelling and punched the wall right next to me. Two weeks later, he got fired. In the seventh grade, me and my mom moved to live with my grandparents until my mom could afford a house after the divorce. Nothing really happened there, just the occasional bad dream and feeling weight on the bed as if someone was trying to comfort me. And on the very last day of school, the band went to the auditorium to watch movies. And my band class was the last band class. The director called me in to talk to me about next year's class and what division and section I would be in. And I was about to leave school when I realized I left my jacket in the auditorium. I'd gone back in there, and as soon as I took one step, something dragged me down the stairs. Mm -hmm. Given this was about seven steps... So it wasn't that far. I ran to go get my jacket and then I ran outside not even caring to look back. When I was finally outside, I looked down at my jeans and they were shredded and my leg was gushing blood as if something had clawed at me. Oh my gosh. In eighth grade, we moved into a duplex. Anytime my mom would get mad, I'd storm into my room and I'd go read in my closet while she would go out and drink. One night, I ended up falling asleep in my closet. The next morning, there was a blanket and pillow. In my book, there was a note saying... You are not alone. Oh my God, I have chills. Chills. Now, after all of these other things that had happened, this was different. I wasn't scared or anything, but 
it felt like sympathy for whoever had followed me. Up into my junior year of high school, things like this were common to happen. Little messages were written out on a torn piece of paper and put in my binders, my books, pockets of my clothes. It would be like little reminders that I am never truly alone. And that could be both terrifying and comforting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're never alone. <laughs> uh, my junior year, we moved in with this guy that my mom was dating. He was definitely a lot nicer to than both of the previous husbands, but we're going to call him Ginger. <laughs> I love how everyone gets nicknames. Uh, Ginger is a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Now, he dated my mom all throughout my sophomore year, and my junior year, he asked us to move in with him. His house was very old, but it felt like it had a lot of history beneath it. There were times where the kitchen chairs would be yanked out and fall over, even though nobody was in there. There were times when doors would open and then slam shut as if someone was upset. And one of the moments I remember clearly, and I wasn't the only one that saw this, was when an apparition, I guess we could call it, helped me sneak back into the house. (laughs) I had snuck out one night to go hang out with this guy that I was talking to, but we would always go to the park late at night whenever I was having this like depressive episode or whatever. Well, one night we stayed at the park until almost six in the morning. When that time rolled around, we rushed back to my house, but somehow my bedroom window had shut itself all the way. So we were struggling trying to like open it and see what's happening and not wake up my mom and her boyfriend. And then we see this hand pull up the window as if it's paper. I think nothing of it, but this guy that I was talking to started freaking out and he was like, no, you don't need to go in there. Something's in there. You're going to get hurt. I mean, nothing happened. Honestly, there were moments where I felt more safe in my room than I did anywhere else. (laughs) Can you imagine just like a hand, a phantom hand just reaches out, opens the window and you're like, great, thanks. Bye. Thanks for a good night. (laughs) Terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. Some negative energy started surrounding Ginger and he would start to get really violent and aggressive and he never, and he was never abusive physically, but very abusive mentally. Mm -hmm. There were times where he would tell me that I wasn't good enough and that I'm never going to get anywhere in the world or whatever. And a few days later, he would end up getting sick or something like that. And it would always be very coincidental to me. But at the same time, it did also kind of feel like there was somebody somewhere that was doing something to make that happen. Me and my mom ended up moving out and in with one of her friends because of how he was acting. He stopped paying the mortgage on the house, and so we were about to get foreclosed anyway. And the July, four months since we moved out, after I graduated, Ginger completed suicide in his truck. While me and my mom were staying up at our friend's house, my mom was out of town for work a lot. Like, she would go out for two weeks and then come back for one and then repeat. We had to share a bedroom, and the bed was a full size, so it didn't really work with her, me, and two dogs, so there would be times where I would go to sleep in the (laughs) living room, even though I hated it. The living room was very eerie. There was a screen door that would always open in the middle of the night, and you would hear knocking, but if you want to go look out, no one would be there. And the first two times, I thought that there was just someone playing a prank, but we checked the surveillance cameras, and nobody was ever there. There were also times where little figurines and books would fall off the shelves. And one night after I got off work, it was about two in the morning. I go to lay on my couch because I didn't care to do anything like take off my makeup or my clothes or anything. I just wanted to go to bed. So I'm sitting on the couch and I hear footsteps Mm -hmm. on the wood floor. I don't think anything of it. And maybe it was my dogs or my mom going to the bathroom or something. I don't know, whatever. But then it started to sound like claws were scraping along the walls. I slowly peeked my head up from under the blankets and I saw this kid about my age, maybe a little older, with claws and pitch black eyes. And I know what you're thinking. Oh my gosh, it's probably a black-eyed kid. 
And I was thinking that too, except as soon as I sat up, he disappeared. And it's not like I got this eerie feeling from this. It was more of a, hey, could you let me sleep feeling? And during June, we finally moved into the house that we now live in. Hopefully it's the last damn house that we live in. At least me and her live in together. Now things in this house were extremely active from the first night on. The first night that we were here, I don't have much in my room. I didn't have much in my room at the time. I have a mattress. I have an extension cord for my charger and my lamp, but I didn't even plug in my lamp. And then I started to hear clicking as if someone was clicking it back and forth because it had that little notch at the top. And I thought nothing of it. Maybe it was just a screw loose or, or something. And I just kind of ignored it. I get a few hours of sleep and then I start hearing it again. So I look over and as soon as I do, the lights turn on. And then I just looked at it and I was like, no, stop. And the lights turned right back off and the clicking continued. So I unscrew the light bulb and I throw it away. Mind you, that whole time her lamp was never plugged in. Another event that happened was during my first semester in college. I was sitting on my bed on my computer writing some essay last minute because uh, I'm a professional procrastinator. Well, I have my headphones on because I was doing this interview thing, and it's not really important what I was doing my homework over, but I was listening to audio on my phone. I have this scarf covering my full body mirror that's on my door because all of the mirrors in my house are covered at nighttime. That's creepy. I mean, I get it, but also just the fact that she doesn't explain it further than that is freaky. (laughs) As I'm sitting there doing my homework, I see the scarf slightly move. Yeah. Okay, maybe it's just the air conditioner, you know, turning on or whatever. So I take the headphones out, but the air conditioner is not running. And the house was built in 1945. You'd be able to hear if that thing was running. So I look at the scarf and I'm like, okay, maybe I just imagined it. And then I get another gust of wind and it blows by my scarf, knocking it off the mirror. And I swore I saw something, but it could have just been my imagination. So me being the person that I am, I just go back to homework. About 20 minutes after the whole scarf incident, I see this impression in my bed, but you can actually see both handprints and a butt impression. I ripped my headphones out and I looked in the general direction and was like, listen, I don't know if you've ever been in college, but I can't be fucked with this right now. So if you could just not today, that would be great. (laughs) And it was as if it just got up and walked out. Love that. Another experience was when me and my best friend at the time were staying at my house. I was in my mom's room with the dogs and she was in the living room on the couch asleep. In the middle of the night, I hear my dogs start growling. And this is very rare for them to do. They're very quiet dogs, especially at nighttime because they're, well, lazy as fuck. Well, they started growling. So I grabbed my baseball bat, which I keep next to my bed no matter what. As soon as my hand touches the bat, I hear running footsteps run from the front door of the house to the back door of the house and the back door slam shut. Even though I know I had locked the handle in the deadbolt. I ran out of my room, baseball bat in hand, Dogs barking and losing their shit. My friend groggily waking up saying, what's going on? Why are they barking? As if she didn't hear or feel the footsteps. Something that happens quite often is that the attic latch will pull itself down. And that takes a lot of strength to do. Like you actually have to jump to get the momentum to pull it down. A few weeks ago, this giant stuffed panda that my best friend gave me was no longer on the chair that sits in my front room, but it was just in the middle of my room. And there was no way that I moved it into the middle of the room at night. And I know my mom didn't do it because I can hear my bedroom door open. And something that literally happened to me two days ago was in the middle of the night around 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning. I was sound asleep because I enjoy my sleep. And I hear knocking at the front door. But to knock on the front door, you have to pull open the screen door that's very creaky. And then you can knock on the wood door. So I get up and I don't look out the window directly because we have a window, not a peephole. And it's very disturbing. I hate it. 
Instead, I look out the little side window that shows the front porch. So I look out and I can't really see much, but the blinds are open. And outside, I'm seeing a little girl in a pastel blue dress. I'm thinking she's probably lost. So I go, but I don't open the wood door. I speak through the door and I say, can I help you? And she replied, yes, I need help. Can I please come in? I don't know where I'm at. I said, no, I'm sorry. I have dogs and they don't like people. And then she started getting violent and slamming her fists against the door. I felt something tug at my shirt (laughs) like it was trying to warn me. And then that's when I told the little girl, I said, you need to leave. This isn't where you should be. And as soon as she looked up at me, her eyes went hollow black. I quickly made sure that both of the locks on the door were done properly. Then I grabbed the emergency salt because I'm a weirdo and I watch way too much Supernatural and I salted my front door and my bedroom windows and my bedroom door. And when Mm -hmm. I get back into bed, I plopped on my bed in relief of surviving the black-eyed kid. And that is when I noticed something a little strange in my bedroom. It was as if the temperature dropped, but it wasn't a creepy feeling of coldness. It was actually kind of comforting. So I'm laying in bed thinking about what just happened. And out loud was a man's voice that said, yeah, I told you not to do that. And let me tell you what, this whole time, my mom never heard any of the ruckus that was going on that night. I'm really going to start listening to whatever is following me, whether it's a strange, dark guardian angel, a guardian demon, or if I'm just truly haunted by the ghost of this little boy. Uh, I don't even know what anything is about. Whoever it is, I'm glad that they're comforting me through all of these hard times, though. Stay spooked, Mo. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's so, so many stories, but also it's like such a mix of things that like half feel terrifying, but also feel like there's this positive presence that's watching over her who is kind of vengeful in the way that we were just talking about. Corinne, you're going to be a vengeful ghost and go around and does like, you know, enacts revenge upon people who wrong her. I know. It's really interesting. And to just even Mo's birth where... Like right from the get-go, there was just these like heavy feelings and activity started and a voice over the baby monitor. It almost reminds me of like, I'm going to make it a nicer version. I'm going to basically mix together the omen and insidious. It kind (laughs) of reminds me, it makes me think that Mo might be this like special child, the special energy that was so Mm. attractive to both forces. So it was kind of like the battle of light and dark constantly to get close to her like from the get-go it was like wow the two forces were trying to claim this child to claim mo and still to this day are sending their best guys after her. <laughs> well i that's both good and bad because mo you have all the good and all the bad coming at you oh my gosh i know and black-eyed kids oh but it sounds like she has the ability to be like hey can you f off i'm not in the mood. have you ever been in college before you don't get it. You don't get it. I have a deadline. <laughs> and I procrastinated. I love it. She's just like, I can't. You can't tonight. Not tonight. I can't right now. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so wow. many stories. Amazing. I'm very curious what will happen when, because it sounds like it follows Mo wherever Mo goes. Yeah. But I'm curious if there's, if she'll ever have a roommate or someone who's almost uh, like the opposite, like the opposite of a conductor, just basically like stops it all, like doesn't let anything in, and how that Ooh. will juxtapose against um, mm. what Mo brings. Sounds like a good, good friend to have. Mm-hmm. I have a story called "From Pervert to Incubus: The Journey to Realizing My Friend Was Being Haunted," <laughs> and this is from Heather. 
Howdy gals, as everyone else has said that's emailed your podcast, I am enamored with your show. I normally am not a fan of podcasts with most multiple hosts, but the chemistry you two have as BFFs is so sweet and refreshing, and I love when Leah meows while you two are recording. She's so stinking precious. I agree. Now, to my story. I'll start by saying that until I started listening to your show, I was naive to the paranormal world since I grew up in a very conservative Christian home, but I'm grateful for the knowledge I've gained as a result of being an avid listener of TGOG. So, I have this female friend named Jamie who rents a bedroom at a friend's home. The other renters there are all males, including the homeowner. And Jamie had some anxiety when she was around a certain renter, who we will call Tom. He just seemed odd and a little bit on the perverted side as he'd occasionally make sexually suggestive comments to her. One weekend, Jamie and Tom were both home from work, and it was lunchtime, so Jamie went downstairs to make a sandwich, and she made sure to always close her bedroom door when she was not in it. When she came back up to her room... She noticed what looked like ejaculate on her mirror, which I sent a picture of, which obviously was not there before. She was disgusted and appalled, of course, but she was also confused because the mirror sat atop of her clothes dresser. So if her perverted roommate Tom was responsible, he would have had to stand on a chair to be able to aim for the mirror. So instead of confronting Tom about it, she waited for the homeowner to return home as he had security cameras mounted in various places in the home. She wanted to see if the hallway camera caught Tom going into her room, and she was shocked to learn that Tom had not entered her room and that, in fact, her bedroom door remained shut the entirety of her time making and eating lunch. So Jamie called me that evening to tell me what had transpired that day as she was flabbergasted. When she finished the story, all I could think was that there was a ghost haunting her. But more specifically, I thought the entity was an incubus. So I proceeded to ask her a few questions. Namely, if she'd ever woken up in the middle of the night to the feeling of someone or something groping her. To my astonishment, she said, oh my gosh, yes. I've woken up several times to the feeling of being pleasured. It felt so real that I actually looked under my covers to make sure no one was in bed with me. I could not believe my ears. I then asked her if she'd ever woken up with unexplained scratches on her body, to which she said no. And as we were finishing up our conversation, I asked her to call me the next day, especially if she had any more experiences. The next day, she called to say she'd thankfully had an uneventful night. We talked a bit more, and when we hung up, she went to go take a shower. When she finished, she was standing in front of her bathroom mirror to brush her teeth and immediately noticed two scratch marks on her chest, which are also pictured below. She called me right away to tell me what she had discovered, and I was shocked and said, Girl, there is definitely an incubus haunting you, and the fact that you woke up with the scratches is letting you know that our conversation last night had hit the nail on the head. It was communicating that it was there. I told her she needed to clean and sage her room and consult with a psychic to get rid of the incubus. So a few days later, she met with the mother of a friend who was a psychic medium. The psychic used a pendulum over Jamie's bowed head to communicate with the entity, And the psychic was able to confirm that there was indeed an incubus attached to Jamie and that was responsible for her scratches and being woken up in the middle of the night all those times. The session came to a climax when the psychic told the incubus to leave and never return to Jamie. Jamie told me that the pendulum started rapidly spinning in circles and then all of a sudden came to a dead standstill at which the psychic said the incubus is gone. That whole experience was the first and only time I'd been witness to a demonic paranormal activity And as I said in the beginning of this email, I wouldn't have had the slightest idea that Jamie was being tormented by an incubus prior to discovering TGOG. So thank you. I thank you both for your knowledge that I've gained. And also thank you for taking the time to read my story. I hope one day to hear it on the show. You two rock. Keep on keeping on being your spooky selves and spitting that ghostly knowledge to us fans. See you on the other side. 
Heather. Oh my. And the pictures are not loading. And I, I was just going to say that I can't get them to, I believe that the spirit does not want us to see it. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to ask for new photos. I might ask for new photos. <laughs> no, we're not meant to be. I'm probably going to ask for new photos. I oh won't show gosh. you. I'll look at them. Okay. Thanks. But it's weird because we've never had this experience where the photos don't load. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, one of the photos is, she said, appears like a jacket on a mirror. So my sick mind wants to see it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I kind of want to see it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just have that one be sent. <laughs> This is Two Girls, One Ghost. <laughs> it is aptly named. Yes. I, yeah, it's crazy. And also, I just feel bad, number one, that her friend was already living, like had a roommate that she just felt uncomfortable with. And then on top of that was essentially attacked by an incubus. And by essentially, I mean was, most definitely. Most definitely. But thank God th- there was intervention and that it wasn't like a long-term battle with this right. darkness and that she had support, she had people to talk to, and that the medium could actually make a difference. I am really curious, though, because after speaking to our good friend Conchetta, she had an experience where she, like, really enjoyed a sexual experience with the spirit. And I don't know, I mean, we're not hearing the story from Jamie, but the way that Jamie was like, I woke up being pleasured and, like, looked to make sure no one was there. I can't tell if it was, like, a terrifying experience or if she kind of liked it. Right. Because yeah, one of the things Conchetta was talking about, and she talks about it in her uh, most recent book, was two different experiences she had. One that was very clearly negative, yeah. that was an encounter that she felt the negativity. And another where she was like, I believe that this was a lover from a past life. So there's a, you can, you can tell. Yeah. You got to read the energy. So, but it makes me think it's a bad thing if it's one, the psychic said it's an incubus, and two, like the like jizzing on the mirror is really gross. Really gross. I'm also I'm tempted to get out my pendulum again and start using it or just having it out in the open. I feel like right now it's maybe unhappy being tucked away yeah. because after talking about the pendulum just circling around and then a dead standstill, uh-huh. I just uh, yeah you I don't know. Bring it out. I'm curious. Bring it out. I think I might. Uh, okay, I have an email from Aaron. Hi, ladies. I love your podcast, and I've been listening for over a year. I guess it's time for me to tell you one of my stories. It was about four years ago. I got divorced, and I was living with a longtime friend at the time. We had lived in the house for a few months, but nothing out of the normal happened. It was a split-level house. My room was on the bottom level next to the garage, and my bedroom had no windows. So when the light went out, it was pitch black. I fall asleep with my TV on most nights, and usually when I wake up in the night, it's on the blue screen since I'm no longer watching Netflix. This one night, I woke up all of a sudden, and as I opened my eyes, I see a little girl about three feet tall standing by my bed with the TV light behind her. She was looking down and away from me. She had on a white dress, and she had longer black hair. I asked her what she was doing. I don't have kids, so this should have been a big what-the-fuck moment, but as I asked her, she turned her head and she looked at me. That's when I realized that this is not human. Her eyes were big and black. In a panic, I screamed, oh get out, as I turned on my book light that hangs up on my bed, and then she was gone. So I turned off the light, but then I saw her again. She had moved and was now at the foot of my bed. Again, I screamed, get out, and I turned my light back on. After a few seconds, I turned off the light again. As the room turned dark, I saw three orbs, amber in color, flying out of my room. I looked at my phone, and it was just after, you guessed it, 3 a.m., I went back to sleep and somehow I woke up the next day. 
I told my roommate what happened and he told me that he was upstairs asleep on the couch and he woke up around the same time and he said that he saw a black figure standing in the kitchen, not moving, just standing there. My first thought, of course, was black-eyed kids, but I never invited them in. Thanks for letting me share my story. As always, stay spooky and see you on the other side, Erin. That is really spooky. How did it get inside? I don't know. And I mean, there's a possibility that it's not a black-eyed kid too, you know? Like there's a possibility that it's just a horrifying sight to anyone to see a backlit static TV little ghostly child with hollow out large devoid eyes. Yeah, it's very poltergeist. Yes, exactly. So it could be that there was just something really dark. Perhaps the dark thing in the kitchen was controlling it and projecting this image into his bedroom to, to spook him out. And that's why the thing wasn't moving. It was kind of like super focused and the roommate just happened to yeah, catch a glance. True. It's so sad because if it is a real ghost child, you immediately are like heartbroken and you wonder what happened. But then if it's a demon, it's just like, why did you got to do this to us? Why you got to make kids so much scarier? I feel like, I feel like it's not a child, like a real child. No, I agree. Because, yeah. Number one, just the image of it is disturbing. And number two, the fact that it's controlling when it's seen, like lights, lights off, yeah. you see it, lights on, it's gone. And then when you flick the lights back on, it's like in a different place closer to you. That's, That's true. Just, I would pee myself. <laughs> I would. I would wet the bed. <laughs> well, I'm glad this didn't happen to you. <laughs> Me too. Thanks, Aaron, for taking one for the team. So sorry, Aaron. My God. So sad for you. So sad. Oh, gosh. Okay. One last story I have for you is from Bell Keys. And it's called, My Little Brother Sees Dead People. Hi, ladies. My name is Belle Keys. I'm from Austin, Texas. Sorry, this might be a little rough because I'm not the best writer. But basically, my little brother is very, how do you say it, sensitive? He's been seeing things since he was very young, probably about since he was four. And we think he has a connection to the other side. And he's had it since he was born. Mostly because my grandpa died in 1985 on April 6th. Fast forward to April 6, 2006, to when my brother is born. And from the get-go, my brother is an almost exact replica of my grandfather. So my mother says. To continue with the story, though, the first time that we actually thought he might have a connection is when he was about four years old, and it was in the middle of the night. And in his sleep, he started to scream and cry for my mom. Well, my mom and I rushed to go see what was happening and saw that it looked like he was just having a bad dream. But when we went to wake him up and tell him that everything was fine... We couldn't get him to wake up or open his eyes. He was just shaking his head from left to right with his eyes closed as if looking for my mom in his dream. We had to dab some water on him to kind of get him to wake up and come to his senses. And once he woke up, he told us that he didn't want to be there anymore and wanted to go to my grandma's house. We eventually got him to calm down and go back to sleep. And the next morning, my mom was talking to my little brother and and was asking him what he had seen in his dream. Well, my little brother told my mom, I saw a man in the window of your room. And he was hitting the window and trying to talk to me. But I couldn't hear him, Mommy. I couldn't hear him because he's dead. Ooh. Oh, my my God. But don't worry, Mommy, because it's your dad. My mom says she felt all the blood drain from her face. Mind you, my brother didn't know that our grandpa had died. And on top of that, didn't even know what he looked like. My brother went on to see our grandpa about four more times after that. But he also went on to have a lot more encounters with different spirits. When he was around the age of eight, he started to have a very hard time. One day, we were driving home on a long, dark road, and my brother was sitting in the back seat and started to scream his head off, saying that in the passenger seat next to my mom 
who was driving, was a girl that was dead and that she had blood all over her. Then another time, I was driving with him on that same road and again, he started to scream and cry. But this time, instead of there being a dead girl in the car, he said a woman was hanging from a tree. Mind you, it's pitch black outside and you can't see anything. And he also started to complain that when he was at my grandma's house, he started to feel like someone was trying to get into his body and that the room would start to spin. These sightings started getting so bad that we looked into getting a cleansing. The woman who performed the cleaning said that she spoke with his guardian angel and it said that my brother was very special. He was a very special child. The woman also spoke with him on the phone and said that the spirits were coming to him for help, but that he couldn't help them just yet. And that if he did see a spirit, he could tell them that they needed to leave and that he couldn't help them. I kid you not when I say not even an hour after the cleaning, we hear my brother yell, leave me alone. I can't help you. We ran upstairs to see what was happening. (laughs) Oh, my heart. And when we got to him, we asked what's going on. And he, as if nothing was happening, very coolly said, oh, nothing. He's gone now. (laughs) Thanks for listening and keep up the good work with the podcast. See y'all on the other side. Bell Keys. I feel like this is a story of a future medium. You know, like this is psychic in the making. This is born with the gift, now needs to learn how to Mm -hmm. own it in, understand how to decipher messages, block out people when unwanted, etc. I agree. I mean, but amazing that he was able to get this, you know, the the woman performing the cleansing was able to say like, hey, here's something that can help you. You know, spirits are always Mm going to come to you because they want your help, but you're too young. And that's okay. And you can just tell them, I can't help you. And they'll leave, which is amazing because yeah. what a relief for, for him, poor kid. He was just like scared of all these spirits. And he clearly was listening because he immediately put yeah. that technique mm-hmm. into practice, that exercise. Man, it's interesting the part where he saw his grandfather. And I just feel like it's so real. Like so, It just feels so real that the grandfather – you know, to someone who didn't know their grandfather, like that's yeah. spooky. Like little kid is seeing someone outside banging on the window, like trying to talk to him or get his attention. That's terrifying. And to understand that it's a spirit, of course he's gonna be scared. But I I enjoy the realness of her brother's fear, but also clearly was getting the message from the grandfather being like, No, 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 you're not supposed to be scared. Like, I'm your mom's right. dad. I'm Aww. your mom's dad. Like he's repeating what he's hearing, but he's also yeah. terrified. And it just feels so Especially authentic. like him at the wind, like, you know, standing outside the window. Maybe he thought, maybe the grandfather in spirit form just thought like, well, if I'm not in the room, if I don't mm-hmm. just like suddenly appear, maybe he'll think that I just right. like am a real person and walked up and it'll be less scary. But really, it just yeah. backfired on him. <laughs> wow. Can't wait to hear more stories, Belkies, about your brother. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. Keep us updated. Give this kid a show. I'm invested. We need a live ghost feed of, of Belkies' brother. And the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> we do. <laughs> uh, okay, here's one for us to end on. This is from Nicole. Hello, ladies. My name is Nicole, and I wanted to start off by saying I love your podcast, and I tell almost everyone I meet about it, because who doesn't like to listen to two girls talk about all the things supernatural and spooky? <laughs> I've written to you before about my haunted boyfriend, but this is a different story. I cannot shake this one out of my head. So let's jump right into it, shall we? This is pretty recent as it happened three nights ago. So it happened on October 5th, 2020. Oh my gosh. My boyfriend, Mm -hmm. as I stated in a previous email, lives three hours away due to work. 
Uh, and well, he was supposed to Skype me at our normal time since we work the same hours as each other and we tend to come home and relax. And then we call each other on Skype around 8 PM. Well, he'd fallen asleep for a while and he woke up at midnight and he felt awful that he missed our call. So he called my cell phone instead in hopes that I'd still be awake. I was watching Demon House by Zach Bagans. So no, I was not <gasps> going to be asleep for a while. So oh my I stepped gosh. outside so that I could not wake my two kids. And after about 20 to 30 minutes of being on the phone together and me being outside at midnight, I can't help but notice this small figure of what looks to be a small child just standing there, motionless in the <gasps> middle of the road. Me, being a mom and not thinking anything supernatural, I go over to see if maybe this little girl was lost or needed help. When I walk closer, I notice something is off about her. She has these almost clear but foggy gray eyes, and she looks at me and says, Shh, he can hear you. (gasps) Then smiles the most creepiest smile I think I've ever seen, and then boom, she's gone. I cannot shake what she said out of my head. Who is he? And what did she mean by he can hear you? All I know is don't go outside at midnight to talk on the phone and don't walk up to creepy kids. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to see you on the other side. Nicole. Uh, I think another lesson is don't watch Demon House. Oh my God, I'm so disturbed. And I'm wondering, like, was she still on the phone with her boyfriend? Was was that who he was? Like, don't tell him you can see me. He'll hear you. Or is there something mm. else happening? I don't know. It's all so disturbing. And then also, I don't know. I feel like I would never walk up to someone. I would maybe call out to them. I'd be like, or I don't know, run inside and cry and call the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely cry and call the police. I'd be like, there's either a child sleepwalking or there's a black eyed kid outside of my house. But she disappeared right in front of her. So I feel like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I get it. It's motherly instinct. The Imagine the fear to turn in the darkness and have your whole back to all of dark of night and then have to make close mm-hmm. the distance between you and the inside of your house after that. I can't. I don't want to imagine it. I don't want to do it. That is nightmares. I'm going to sleep with my lights on. <sighs> I've been I've been pretty uh good about not having my lights on after we record like maybe uh, when Hmm. i say good i mean like 50 50 like i usually like 50 (laughs) percent my lights are are i sit with them on but i'll i have a dimmer switch so usually it's low i think tonight is full full light that's nice i think it's a full light full lights well nick and i are about to watch another episode of bly manor so it's gonna be disturbing for you it's gonna be doubly scary for me Well, if anyone out there has any spooky tales, some ghostly encounters that happened to you, your mom, your friend, whoever, your brother, email them to us. Please. Our email is two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We say it every episode. If you're mm-hmm. looking for it and cannot find it, if you just scroll up on whatever listening device and look at the show notes, it's right there. We also have it listed on our website, which is yep. two girls, one ghost podcast.com. And on our social media, it's easy to find. You'll find it. Yes, there are a variety of ways to support us, and I say this every week, but please, 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 please rate and review us on iTunes because it's spooky season and we need to share the ghost stories in honor of the ghost this month and every month. So let's get the word out, and the more reviews that you leave, the more visibility there is for us on iTunes. 
And you can also support us by following us on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Our Facebook group is so lovely. And we have the best moderators who spend so much time on their own time to um, moderate and and help make sure that it's a, a safe, respectful place for all of you. And I feel like it's just like the best, spookiest place you could be. It's great. So join us not only every week for these episodes, but in all the other areas that have been built out, all the offshoot groups on Facebook, just yes. all of it, all of the above. And you can also support us by donating to Patreon or buying merch. Real quick, we want to give a shout out to Eric Foster and everyone at Upfire Digital for editing our podcast and making us sound wonderful and lovely. So thank you so much. And we will see you on the other side. Very spooky.